From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series four. You are on Ayurveda on goals. Karma is a minx. And in that one unforgiving microsecond, karma will suddenly help you see exactly the moment you miscalculated. Like the day many years ago and I parked my car on Main Street in Bandon. So excited to get a treatment from a therapist. And when I left the treatment, I was absolutely floating. It was so gorgeous, and I felt so calm, so soothed. I proceeded to float around the shops, browsing for nail polish and cards, and getting bits and pieces and buns for the kids, and got to the car, and boom, like a rock. I see a parking ticket on my windscreen, and I was over the time limit by like 15 minutes, or maybe more. Because I was so relaxed, my normal route would have been to get upset, to probably use some swear words, (laughs) and and also have some self-pity. But because of the relaxed state, without thinking, I literally shrugged my shoulders, got a little bit stressy about the money, and then got very happy for my treatment. And yeah, that's karma in the short term, isn't it? What comes around, what we do, actually creates an effect. And it's also showing the benefit of actively participating in some form of self-care. From whatever source... However it comes about, it will help to correct our internal wiring and bring us into our natural state of calm, which we all have, you know. The long-term cause of karma is what we use meditation, relaxation, and yoga for, to relax our personality mind so it doesn't show up quite as fast. The more we practice these beautiful skills, these self-inquiry, self-study practices, the more we are able to saunter towards the parking ticket, examine it with aplomb, and place it gently in our wallet, and even place a reminder in our phone to pay it before the due date, and remind ourselves, lesson learned, I parked there way too long, and that's what happens, you get a ticket. I mean, everyone knows. And so what? No one was injured, and I also made someone else's day. The parking guy can go out and say, yes, I got one. Sorry, parking guy or gal, traffic warden. <laughs> today, we cover, today we cover the goals of life. Yeah, they're very affected by our karma, but what isn't? The four goals of life are an interesting aspect that some people may not even know about, but it's deeply instilled in Ayurveda and yoga. And Ayurveda is funny. I think the rishis, those that could connect into absorption, and most of us can't even work out what that would be like. But absorption is to be one with all, to be so interlinked, interrelated. You become undetectable because you are one with everything. You are no longer just you. You are the dolphins and the whales, even insects, the mountains, the breeze. You are interlinked with past and future. And for me, when I remember this, because we all know I make mistakes. I mean, everyone makes makes mistakes. Blah. When it comes to the integrity of traditional medicine and how connected 
these men were to the medicine and life itself, I do kind of worry that maybe I'm not good enough to talk about Ayurveda and yoga and and help people. And then suddenly that discernment comes in and says, you know, it's okay because everyone has a learning curve. Even the rishis had learning curves. They may not be as long as my learning curves, but I know that everyone starts from the very beginning. And they did their best too. They mastered themselves, they studied themselves, and then they went into self-mastery and to then hold the mastery of Ayurveda and yoga and being able to share their wisdom. Knowing how these masters promoted clarity and honesty helps me to know that my best is okay. But I reckon that they had great fun discovering things like the four goals of life. And through translation from Sanskrit, they're actually the four legitimate goals of life. So if you have any idea what an illegitimate goal of life is for the pun of it, go ahead and email me at kelly at the doshalai. I love laughter. I think it's a real innate part of our child within us. It's such a great way to relieve stress. But anyway, remember as we go through each of these, there is constantly a backdrop of karma that each of us has. And last week I spoke about it. It's Ayurveda on Karma is the episode, series four. And here we have other beautiful words that come from Sanskrit. And Sanskrit itself is like a song. All the words have a vibration that affects our whole body. Is that another episode? But just a short example. So Sanskrit for peace is shanti. And if you repeat those over and over, say peace for a minute and then shanti for a minute, and see which one feels like it could soothe you more without having to understand what the word means. Just a little bit of self-inquiry there yourself. These goals of life are like everything else, interlinked and in varying degrees according to our karma and our dosha time of life, which is series four, Ayurveda and timing. And the first goal is kama. There is no R in it. So it's not karma. It's K-A-M-A. So kama is the most basic goal of life itself. It's enjoyment, but it's not quite the enjoyment that we all know and love nowadays. It's more like the return to goodness, clean, simple fun, you know, the real crack in life. Kama comes from another view, which also means basically avoiding suffering. It's not a great twist <laughs> that, that really happiness and enjoyment are avoiding suffering and being happy. It is sort of a double-edged, sharp, sharp knife, maybe a few knives, because it's like we have this goodness in one hand, and we get it, and we seek goodness, but this other thing suddenly arrives right after the goodness, which is desire, and we learn how to not overdo the enjoyment and still find happiness. Well, that's the aim, not to get attached, not to injure our senses, and not attack our experience, and stay with goodness and find balance. I can easily see that it doesn't always go as planned, but then that was the plan all along, to experience, to learn that too much of a good thing can hurt you, to be without the good thing is also very painful when we get attached, and to detach is tough, and to start again is just as tough. And this enjoyment goal has its peak through our senses, that which gives us sweetness or dullness, 
sensual pleasures of intimacy, food, tobacco, and substances are all at the extreme top of the Jenga Tower here in Kama. And then we have Artha. This is prosperity. Not always referring to wealth unless you have it. Remember that karma is always here with us in every decision. But Artha is having the material things for the desire of our personality mind. But it's also the things that we all have a right to. Shelter, clothing, food, water, transport, cleansing. Those things that are a requirement to live our life in our full capacity in the culture that we live in. Artha is an expression of our personality mind, especially once we cover our basic rights. This is mine. I have this. I have that. It's all mine. I am here, and this is the outer goal of the personality mind, to have, to gather, to attain, to show. And then we move into Dharma. And Dharma is the one that most of us hear a lot about because it seems to be like in anything I read that has to do with spirituality, yoga, Ayurveda. And Dharma is about our life purpose and also our career. But it leans in towards our vocation that we do this to express something that literally lives in us cellularly. And we feel a drive to let it be released through whatever avenue of action we use. Creativity of word, art, song, jobs, which give us fulfillment. Dharma is also about, is also about being recognized for our abilities or seen to have the ability to express our talent. And then this places us in a fulfilling role. And this is the inner goal of the personality mind. So these first three goals, kama, enjoyment, artha, prosperity, and dharma, which is life purpose or career, are all about the right balance of inner and outer, impression, expression. But for most of us, the energy is all outward seeking and not as important as the last and fourth goal, which is moksha. And I often use this word in our meditation practices, liberation, freedom. It's the best word. It's such a rich, full word, moksha, moksha, moksha. <laughs> in meditation, I try to allow my thoughts, especially those that continue to persevere over and over, coming back again and again, to allow them freedom, moksha, to allow them liberation, and liberation is also knowledge, simply because if we are liberated, we have come through fire and through self-mastery. We have come to know ourselves, to let go of our personality mind incrementally. From any practices I did in the past, releasing our personality is kind of a really wild experience not to be missed. It just shows how little I really know. I am not here to be more than I am. I am not here to pretend I know what I do not know. Moksha is the back door of the buddhi mind, of our discernment, of right knowledge, of our buddhi mind. So the buddhi mind is the discerning mind. It's the wisdom mind. When we have filtered all of our thought processes through the buddhi mind, 
they are released out into moksha. So it's like the back door of the buddhi mind. But anything can come in through the front door of the buddhi mind. And it is the buddhi mind's job to create filters. With discernment and moksha, we have the ability to take correct action for all our goals, all four goals. But it is often a bit of a hairy ride to get to moksha. But I have high hopes. I just have to find that rubber tree. So we mustn't forget that according to Ayurveda and yoga, our soul is here to learn and to express itself through this body, mind, emotions, discernment. But that we are not all just this body. We are not all just this mind or emotions. And we are not all just this breath. We are completely connected as we come from moksha so we can return. The soul yearns to help our personality mind experience life so as to navigate karmas. Humans tend to go about it a little bit arseways, and generally we all have to start trying to take everything in to have more, to get more, to be more, make more. And in this state of being, you could end up being at a county fair watching a burrito eating competition while standing at a stall offering you all you can eat for 25 euros. And you sit down. And then you see you can get a free meal for the daring if you eat 18 harabonaras ch chilies, 12 scrambled eggs, 14 tacos with extra hot salsa, and four bags of tortilla chips, and to top it off a tequila sunrise without the dawn because you chose this option. <laughs> Of course, these sort of scenarios and other lesser intense life experiences create distress because there's so much over the top, there's so much more, often can be unwise and then create dubious decisions afterwards. When we look back, we don't even know how yes seemed to be a better option than no. So it takes time for a discernment to kick in enough that moksha is the best goal. And hopefully we learn that artha or prosperity is not all it's cracked up to be, to be and have everything we ever wanted. And understanding that holding on to greed in any form is making us a very unhappy camper and probably a bit lonely, and lonely for a dash of soulfulness. Because we see that as a professional mermaid living in the Sahara de Desert, it may not be the best example of how to find prosperity and enjoyment. <laughs> and even Dharma can be a bit of Dodge City as we try to come to terms with the power in our role, the possibility to rule or lead others with a strong-fisted hand, or to conduct without any leadership skills, will create chaos. And all three goals need a little bit more of tipping the toe into the tulips approach. And as we do so, it gives us the necessary time to understand that life is a dance. And harsh, strong, inert qualities actually oppose moksha. They oppose freedom and liberation. And without a doubt, they lead us into darker states of health in body and mind. They become inert. They might move frequently through rajas or dispersion of energy of all sorts. But in the end, they are leading to feeling stuck and heavy in a groundhog day. Moksha, freedom, it is our birthright. 
joy and happiness, contentment. They are where we come from, and they are ours already. But it is a journey to create them in our life, to accept them, to see them in any moment. It is a journey into them that creates this present mind of not so much I have it, I need it, I want it, but more that I am this, I am all things, I am no thing. What begins first as all sensory and achievement needs a little lesson in, or probably a big lesson, in patience and correct order for best outcome. If we are blessed with a karmic understanding, we learn that we can use our dharma to guide us, seeing that with deep understanding of patience, our lives, and don't forget patience is sattvic, our lives will unfold at the correct timing. All the while, our dharma can live side by side with artha and kama, tasting bits and bobs, and any party is welcome, but also knowing that to be attached to sensory joys becomes a deep wound in the heart of our life. Our senses need training. They are like the wild horses of Van Helsing. In the event of a runaway pony, do not jump out of the carriage. Instead, get a carrot and create redirection. Teach the pony the best path is not always the fastest. All ponies need some form of careful training. They don't come with the deep love of a harness, and they need to be soothed and cared for so they understand that without support and guidance, they could lead us all off the cliff. With all the first three goals blending together and moksha still very much left out in the cold, not even getting a look in, as we lean in towards our 40s, 50s, and 60s, we find that wisdom and freedom could very well begin to slip away. Although we might try to let go as we get older, sometimes letting go as we age is much harder. The vata time of life, everything starts to dry up without correct remedies, and this creates another battle of will or surrender. Support your vata dosha as you age, and this will support your dharma and your release to moksha and openness. It's just an orthogonal mind twist into the awareness that freedom is yours too, innately. It is our karma how we have come to this moment today. The choices we have made for some reason you are here listening to this podcast, and maybe you have a secret smile for this point in your life, where I ask you to smile at where you are today, a significant moment to enjoy that you are you. You have freedom, and you have sought it out actively. Perhaps you understand your life purpose, your dharma, your career, your service, and through those two, you begin to really embrace the, the true enjoyment of life. And what is prosperity to you? What is very important as we come to the end of this series already is that the more we open our arms wide to sattva, harmony, balance, it will enhance our life. Sattva is as much a choice of porridge, toast, or scrambled eggs with a jar of Tabasco sauce at breakfast. And whether you sit across from a dog surfing trainer that lives in Glasgow, well, that's all up to you. But seeking sattva seeking the quiet, simple goodness in life is a great direction to begin to take. Early June's newsletter, uh, I plan to formulate a sattvic list for you to print and place on your fridge for things that will increase sattva, including some food choices. 
If you are in the newsletter, though, gosh, check your spam because my email address is quite long and so it often goes into spam unless you have added me to your contacts. And sincerest thanks to anyone who rated this podcast. If you want to hear more, the ratings will keep me dropping thoughts of yoga and Ayurveda into your world as we all continue to try and live our medicine to change our world. You can contact me at kellyatvidoshalife.com. Thank you so much for all the support, and I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Take care, all of you. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people. There's spiels from Kelly, that's me, on bits that she forgot to say, very normal, or has to say. And Kelly's own are surprise bits and things that you need to know. If you want to help, the best thing to do is download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all help. Thank you to everyone listening, and let me know if you received anything from this that helped you. I thank the Vidyas who have opened my mind and helped me to bring this information to a wider, loving audience. But for now, I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.